My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Hello, men of 40-plus age and above. We are coming up on a major queer holiday, gay holiday, whatever you want to call it. And some of you might not like the word queer, but we're queer, we're here, and we're all gay. So we're coming up on one of those holidays where we're giving the pay a little homage to a guy that made a lot happen for all of us. Harvey Milk Day is just a couple of days away. And I thought coming into this, it'd be nice to have just a guy on guy sort of conversation of being a gay man and doing what you do in your world and the twists and turns and the jobs you've had and the success you've had and the things you choose to go follow. Because guess what, bitches, just because you're 40 plus does not mean you cannot go do the things you want to do. And that's why I wanted to have this guest on as part of like really paying homage to us as gay men. And I think Harvey Milk set the tone for all of us to go do the things that are important to us. My guest's name is Harker Jones. He has done so much stuff. I mean, he's been part of different drama circles in LA. He has produced and written scripts. He has, I don't know, he's even been part of Out Magazine. Not that any of y'all ever read that, right? Nobody's ever heard of that. Shut up. Y'all have to. He's even done that lovely little P word. He's been in the gay porn industry. So, um, but then... Right after porn, I'm making some of this up. He went right to Disney Publishing. I don't know the sequence of all this stuff, but he's a guy who's had his hands in a lot of things and loves what he does. And I feel like he just kind of personifies like you're never done. You don't have to ever be done. You just got to keep going. So let's see where this one goes. He loves cats. He loves carbs. Right on. And we're going to go have a great conversation. Harker, welcome to 40 Plus. Glad to have you here, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> it is going to be a fun conversation because I haven't had you, but we're going to have a nice conversation. So there we go. Um, but yeah, you've done a lot, man. And, I, and that's one of the reasons I felt like, you know, Harvey Milk did so much for our community and he never stopped. He kept pushing himself and all these great things. And I, as I read through your bio when you sent it to me and you were begging on your hands and knees, please, please, Rick. And I, no, he wasn't really begging guys. He, he said, Hey, I'd love to be a part of this. I'll put thought, out. I'll put out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll put out, he'll make it worth your while. Um, but I love that you have had so many different things in your life, but just my assumption was that they all feed you really well too. Maybe not on food on the table sometimes, but they feed your soul is what I'm kind of gathering. So where do you want to start? I mean, you've been a, a screenwriter. You've done Out Magazine. I mean, I'm sure everybody's like, okay, we want to know what he did in porn. We, that, you know. <laughs> we'll save that to the end then. So yeah, I think so. Let, let's it. make them wait. Let's, you know, <laughs> nothing like, you know, it's like a good, like, final cum shot, right? <laughs> right, yeah, wait, right, right. Save it till the very end, right? So, uh <laughs> But um, so like, yeah, like you, you were, well, I know this, you, your bio says you were, you grew up on a dirt road. Were you born on a dirt road in Michigan? I just need to know, did mama pop you out on the dirt road? How did this all start? Um, I was born in Saginaw. So, well, that's kind of a, that's like a little gay Mecca. I mean, hello. Oh, is it? I know nothing about Saginaw. I never went there again. Oh yeah. There's like a big old gay beach up in that area somewhere there. So. I think yeah. you're thinking Sagatuck. Oh, Sagatuck. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was 59 like, year old brain hears his 59 year old brain hears something like, oh, 
that thing. So <laughs> Michigan. But anyway, you, yeah, but you were born in Michigan. And... Yeah, and so I was adopted. So yeah. I was born in Saginaw, no idea anything about Saginaw at all. And then I was adopted and grew up on a dirt road but at a lake outside a small town named Manchester that is mm-hmm. so small to this day, it still does not have a traffic light, not even a flashing four-way. Our main intersection is a four-way stop. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't grow up in the town. I grew up at the lake like 20 minutes outside the town. <laughs> and I, it's lovely. I'd love to go back and visit. I mean, it was it was a lovely growing up. I didn't want to be there mm-hmm. at the time. But, you know, most kids don't want to be wherever they are, you know, at the time. And in in retrospect, it was a really solid foundation. And I was able to spring because I mean, it's also 20 minutes outside Ann Arbor. So it was helpful to be at the lake. So 20 minutes from... Manchester, 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, which had the University of Michigan and films and concerts and et cetera, so, and malls, which were important when I was a kid. And um, so I was able to springboard to Ann Arbor and then to college at Eastern Michigan and and then to LA. The kind of like just leapfrogging, I guess, or <laughs> baby steps or something, but I'm here <laughs> in LA. That's awesome. Michigan to LA. Wow. Big, big difference, right? Kind of really like, big difference. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, so I was born in Colorado. We moved from Colorado to the Napa Valley. And of course, as a young kid, I'm like, so what? Now I'm like, right. now I go, yes, I grew up in the Napa Valley, you know, right? <laughs> I'm not a wine snob at all. Literally. I'm not, I love wine. And, and the thing, the cool thing was I was, I did, it was kind of raised a wine kid because my dad built a lot of winemakers houses, a lot of tasting rooms and stuff up there. And of course, I'm, you know, like what, baby to like fourth grade there. So most is like, I get to run around these things called vineyards and get yelled at for running in the vineyards, right? Like right, right. vineyard, right? <laughs> um, but I did, I did get to like, I got to know a winemaker or two and was very fascinated by all that. And then we moved to Colorado. I'm like, oh, wow. We went from there to like one, I literally went to a one room schoolhouse when we moved oh, to Colorado. Wow. And me and, you know, it was first uh kindergarten through um eighth grade i'm like wow Wow. and by then i was like one of the older kids right so i i lived that life you started out living you know i lived in a farm small farm community and had to work on the farm and rode my bike to school there were in the winter my grandfather would be driving every once in a while he'd be driving from his farm past our house and he'd stop early in the morning about school time you know especially if there was snow i'd had there had to be snow on the roads He's like, you boys want to ride to school? And we're like, sure. And he goes, okay, we'll grab your skis. And so we'd put our skis on and we'd literally ski behind grandpa's oh pickup truck up to the hill. And then we'd ski down the hill from school. We couldn't get all the way to our house, but it was kind of cool. There was a pretty steep hill by our, our school. And um, That's really so, yes, cool. it was cool. It was a cool thing, you know? And so there's like all that. I'm like, so where's it? Was that all trauma to make me gay or something? I don't know. But um, it was an interesting <laughs> piece of my world. So then you get to L.A., and you start to find this whole other life that started to unfold for you. Don't tell them the porn story. Yeah, yet. things. Not there you know, yet. I graduated from college and I stayed in Arbor for a couple of years and things just weren't happening. I didn't have a career. I made a job, but I didn't have a career and I didn't have a partner. So I'm just like, why am I here? Right. And so, yeah, so I left. And once I got here, things fell in place pretty quickly. Mm. I'm not with a partner. That took a few years. But like, yeah, I got, do you remember Genre Magazine? Yep. Yep. It was like the, the 
trashy version of out right and so i i got hired on there as a copy editor and the associate editor walked out like two weeks later they created a managing editor's position promoted me to that so i was there for a year and from there i was able to go to out and that was my mm. first i got that job at the end of my first summer in la and i came here in may so it um it started happening fairly quickly once i right. got here and I always felt like I was supposed to be here, even though I wasn't intending to like, be in the movies or part of the movie industry. Mm-hmm. I just knew I was supposed to be here. And yeah. so once I got here and things started to fall into place, it's like, yeah, I, not that I expected those things to happen, but I expected this is where I was supposed to be. But there's an intuitiveness that kind of hits. Right. I, I, I totally believe in intuition. And, and some people are like, no, nah, it's a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, well, you, <laughs> that's good. You go live your shitty life that you're not tuned into your intuition but i have found every time i lean into my intuition oh my god things things can also not be great when you're leaning into it because like then you're like okay i'm not supposed to be doing this right but that's actually a beautiful thing too um but i have always found even as i've been writing book you know book number two my intuition has really guided me on this one because i'm like i'm not rushing to it but i'm and times i'm getting a lot done and other things and so as you started to unfold everything and, you know, Out Magazine and all this sort of stuff, did you start to actually feel like, okay, yeah, besides knowing this is where you're supposed to be, but I'm curious how much of it did it suddenly start to like bubble up to what we now have the two P words? I, oh, I can't find my passion and my purpose. Was that kind of bubbling within <laughs> you? It's so LA, I know. It's like, oh, I just need to go on a passion retreat. Yeah, fuck <laughs> No, I'm not knocking those guys. I'm not knocking because I believe in passion and purpose. Don't get me wrong. But there you can belabor it. You're like, oh, oh, I don't have my passion. Yes. That's the annoying thing. You know, yes, I'm is- waiting for I'm waiting for Gwyneth to put it on goop. Then I'll know how to do my passion. Right, so. right, right, right. And no, re- no, no knocking Gwyneth. I'm just saying this shit because it comes out of my mouth, folks. <laughs> I love Gwyneth. I love Gwyneth. I think she's great. I um, do too. Um, no, I never felt like grappling with passion or purpose. I don't know. Mm. I was just living my life. And but don't you think that's what happens is people get hung up on these words uh-huh. and then it's like, just live your life. Just live your life. Just go do your thing. And try to move forward. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. But so it doesn't mean like just spend, you know, all weekend watching TV, you know, and living your life, right. <laughs> living a life. Um, but yeah, just you have to live life to to find your passion and your purpose mm-hmm. and give yourself mm-hmm. that, that latitude to make mistakes, which no one wants to do, including myself. But if we learn from them, it's still a mistake maybe, but if you learn from it, it's not quite the mistake. It, it, it's not a mistake if you learn from it. I know, I feel like I'm just spouting these things now, <laughs> like fortune cookies. <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing is I think so many people like, well, first they're like, okay, I need I need something to show me. Which, yes, we need guideposts. I get that. Or, okay, well, it's going to come to me. Well, no, it's not. Yes and no, it's going to come to you. But if you sit there like just waiting for it to happen, you're not really putting the effort in. And I'm a big believer in, you know, what you put the effort in is what you get back. Right. 100%. You know, and it was interesting for me when all this started happening after I got laid off and. I'm like, I'm tired of being in the hospitality industry. I'm tired of marketing and branding sort of guy. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll figure this out. And I did kind of sit on my little, <laughs> sit on my little sofa going, okay, I'm just going to eat, you know. <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But then it got to like three or four months. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm God. getting really, really bored. Right. Right. And, and that's when I said, okay, go do something. 
right? I was sick and tired of looking for work. I'm sick and tired of looking for work. I'm sick and tired of looking for work. And I'm like, well, I've been saying I want to, I want to learn, you know, be a better cyclist. So I started doing spin class on a regular basis that really pumped me up. And then suddenly I'm like, well, I'm going to get a bike. Cause I, I just think that would be something, you know, I've, I've always thought about cyclists. Okay. I, I, you know, I'll confess the spandex does a whole lot. For me, you know? <laughs> a guy in a cycling short, just, okay. That, that's one of my weaknesses, but I started doing that. But here was the interesting thing. Harker is as soon as I, a got kind of the juices pumped up the blood flowing, so to speak. And when I get out on, on the open road, so I lived in Laguna beach at the time and I'd ride PCH up and Ooh. back all over the places. And I got to the point where I was actually going from South Laguna all the way to long beach in one day and back. Oh I mean, God. that was my ride. It was like 60, 70 some miles round trip. Right? Wow. But it was the thing that started to get me thinking about other stuff. Like, okay, well, I've always said I wanted to like do something in personal development and do something to help other people in a different way than just write copy and all that sort of stuff. And that was the moment that I started realizing, okay, if I had just kept sitting on my couch, drinking wine and eating bonbons, none of this would <laughs> probably come to me, so to speak. Right. Okay. Right. Yes. I was hooking up with boys too. That was like a, <laughs> but, but I'm so glad that I took that initiative because it led me to becoming a spin instructor, right. which I loved. It got me on the open road, which I loved, but it also got everything else opening up to where I'm like, I can see something that I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So that when I did get the next job and then I'm like, Ooh, this wasn't quite the fit even though I was really pissed off when they laid me off, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready to go do the thing that I want to do. And that's when the doors opened and I stepped into getting certified as a coach. And then a lot of things started happening really quickly. Kind of like you, I suddenly was writing for Huffington Post gay voices. And I think I did a, I don't know. I did a couple of things without, I don't remember. It's been so many years ago. I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> I wrote, I just submitted a couple of things that went there. Sure. And, and suddenly things started catapulting. But even in the catapult, I was like, does this feel right? And that became one of the questions I constantly now ask myself. Is what I'm doing, does it feel right? Does it literally feel right within me to keep doing what I'm doing? So is there a question that you always use to check in with yourself through all these different twists and turns of your life that you've been through? No, <laughs> I would like to be like, oh, oh come yes. on, Harker, gosh, no, I'm kidding. No, I, I think that's kind of interesting because that's another thing people are like, oh yeah, I have to check in with myself and I have to ask this question. Not everybody has the question, like they just go. Right. Just, so how do you know when you're like on, like, you just feel it? Like I'm doing good, I'm just doing my life? Um, yes and no, like I never really feel like I'm where I'm, want to be but I'm always working toward it so it's okay mm -hmm. you know and it's like I have accomplished these things and I've done these things and that's great and I feel great about that but there's so much more and I'm not the type to just sit back and eat bonbons and watch slasher mm -hmm. movies I mean I am but like not like for months at a time <laughs> like you were saying well, no but before we came before we started recording we were having this similar conversation like I don't know how and okay now I'm going to knock any of you guys that are listening right now. Like I couldn't sit and binge watch a complete series all weekend. I couldn't do it. It would drive no. me nuts. I don't, I want to, I want the suspense, you know, and then I want some time, but. I have shit to do. I have shit to do. Mm -hmm. I can't watch 10 hours of a TV show in a weekend. Right. right. I could watch yep. maybe two. 
Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I can flip around and do other things. Like, not like I'm always go, go, go. I watch movies more than TV. There's that too. But yeah, yeah like I just, I just continue on and keep going and just, it, it's not going to happen unless I do it. It's not going to get done unless I do it. So I do it. And it doesn't mean, you know, and of course, like in social media, it's like the greatest hits. You only put out the, your successes. Right. So I'm going to put out every time I'm rejected for something. Like, there's no point. Like, this is putting out negativity out there. And, you know, but so my point is, so for all the things that I've done, and I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, my God, I'm so accomplished because I don't really feel that way. But I feel like it sounds that way, the way I'm saying this. But there's so much more that I'm always working toward that it's not like, okay, that's done. Good. I won this thing, whatever. It's always check. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just checking it off. It's also like, wow, this is fantastic. I got 34 ratings on my book in three days. Normally I get about that much in a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. <laughs> I'm taking it though. Cause they were all fours and fives. So there you go. out of five, but um, things like that. Like, so I just like, that's fantastic. It's also in the rear view at this point. Cause it was last mm-hmm. week where it's like, I have to look forward to the summer It's a right. book that takes place over the course, almost predominantly over the course of a summer. Right. So I start marketing it in late mm-hmm. May through the summer it's called until september so then i do it through september of course (laughs) you know so we market 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 through and through september through september you know so right uh, but no that's actually that's actually an interesting thing because you you find where you're you have these hits so to speak and then you're like okay that's great but i find so many people like oh wow now it's this week and you know oh it's not doing that well oh wow i guess i'm not no you just keep going you know, I, I mean, this is why I don't, I mean, I do and I don't really look at the downloads a lot on the podcast because I'm easily one of those people who can get up in my head if I really want to Sure, sure. take much. Um, <laughs> and I found that it's exciting to see numbers sometimes, but mm. you know what? All I ever care about is if one person listens and half the time, I don't even know if it has an impact with someone. Right. A lot of time I do because I'll get the emails, you know, oh, you know, this was a really good episode. Oh, it's cool. Wow. This made me really think about something. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a really long email from a guy that just, well, it's an upcoming podcast. So that's all I'm going to say. It's a, okay. actually a really <laughs> powerful, actually it was, it's one that's airing. Yeah, it's our, it's going to have aired by the time <laughs> they air, but it was, it was one of those that I was like, okay that really got this guy to do something that's and it really got him to use his voice and to express because he he just he was a great guy and um he was just starting to come into our community and not feeling like he was going to fit in and he expressed it really beautifully i'm like this is a podcast right here i didn't it's not him it's just me like kind huh. of going off on this one um because sure. you know i always have to go off i can't have something and not go off but um <laughs> what's what's kind of like the thing that lights you up like you're like okay if i always get to do and i shouldn't say always but one of the things that really lights you up is it the screenwriting is it the writing in general is it just being creative what's that thing that's like this is what harker knows for sure this is what he's supposed to be on the planet doing just being creative, I guess it sounds so broad, but you offered it. So I'm going to take it. Well, no, and that's why I did, because I think sometimes we go, oh, well, it has to be this really specific thing. I'm like, not necessarily, not necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah. It just the being the writing, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, I like to be on film sets too. But of course, at that point, since I'm 
quote unquote, just the writer, meaning like uh, when I'm on the film set, I'm there to help out. But I also mostly I'm just trying to stay out of the way, <laughs> you know, right. but I like to um, I like to tell the stories. And for now, it's really about the screenplays and focusing on that. Um, I get fan letters about the book. Like, I can't wait to read what you do next. It's so sweet. Oh my God, I'm not making fun of them. It's so sweet. But I'm no, like, it's well, very like, sweet. But it's a bleak love story. And I'm like, well, you know, it's very serious. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm, imagine if they ever hear a podcast or see anything about me online, they're going to be like, oh my God, he's crazy. Compared to, <laughs> well, I imagine I appear from, from writing the book to be so serious about everything. And I am, it's very serious. <laughs> but at the same time, also kind of all over the place. Oh, Miley Cyrus, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, and so when I hear these things, I always respond to them. Except for one guy who was very, very, very upset, very upset, very angry. And I couldn't engage. I didn't, mm. I was afraid, not afraid for my life, but like I was afraid to engage too much with him. I let that one go. But I respond to everybody and I never really say it this way, but I'm like, well, I can't wait to read what you read next, right next. I'm like, well, I wrote a, a slasher movie, <laughs> you know, it's right. really different from my book, <laughs> but it's also all me. It's, it's, well, yeah facets of me like the crazy over-the-top satire about a pop singer who lip syncs like that is crazy and you know then the slasher movie and then i've got a, a 90s style rom-com and then they've got the book and i've got a children's book they're all me right <laughs> and so also i have no intention of writing any more fiction at this point um except for the children's books mm-hmm. so <laughs> so i also feel kind of bad about that is so much of like oh how to market your book, whatever. It's like, you know, get an email list to promote your next book. Right. Like, I don't have a next book. Right. What do I do now? <laughs> what do you do now? Exactly. But I think it's, it's all about, all of it is about being creative. Yeah. I, 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 so, well, I started my coaching practice, which was, it was like kind of that, oh yeah, I'm really glad I, I finally took the leap. It was one of the biggest leaps I took in my life. Like, this is what's going to be my thing. Right. And it was a little bit of a rocky start starting to make money as any new endeavor is typically. And then the idea for the podcast came along and it wasn't this podcast. It was another, my other podcast. And like, well, I don't know if that's really me. And then I got some opportunities to speak on some college campuses. I'm like, well, I guess being a speaker could be interesting too. You can kind of tell I always kind of hold myself back a little bit. Like I want to, I want to make sure it really aligns. I, I learned sure. that from my from my coming out journey. I learned, you know, what? I'm not going to do anything that doesn't align with me. Like it's got to be in my soul. Mm-hmm. And then as things started to really happen, I'm like, okay, the podcast was starting to take off. I was starting to get some speaking engagements. My first book was getting ready to be published, and I was kind of like okay, well, this kind of all feels right, but I'm like, why is it all feeling right? Mm -hmm. And it was because I honed in on one thing. I had said many years ago, I just wish I could use my voice. I just wish I could use my voice. And I always thought that was going to be singing. I mean, I would love to love to go back to singing and stuff again, but then Mm -hmm. it hit me one day. It's like, but Rick, you are using your voice. Right. You're writing. That's a version of your voice. You're putting a book Absolutely. out. That's a version of your voice. You're doing your podcast. It's a version. You're speaking on stage. You're communicating with people in the coaching. And it was really powerful, Harker, to see that happen because suddenly everything was like, it all aligns. It's all about me creatively using my voice. And I'm a mm-hmm. big creative person too. 
So I'm like, I, if I can't be creative, I mean, you can take everything else away from me, but don't take my podcast away from me. Uh, this is where I get to be sassy, have fun and do my thing, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's well, cool. It's just like, um, you got the opportunity to like, say, I'm going to focus into my creativity and be who I am. And all the jobs that I've had through the years too, have always been editing or writing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if it was some shitty healthcare job, not that we don't need healthcare. I don't mean that it was just a shitty office. Um, it was still within my wheelhouse, I guess, of what right. I was still editing. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm working for um, a publishing house called level four out of San Diego. And they publish books and screenplays and to sell screenplays to Hollywood. And it's great. It's better than the healthcare place because it's fiction. So it's more fun. <laughs> and also fine too, like you were saying too, like, oh, but I am using my voice. Not what you were thinking you would. Right, right. So exactly. Often you have to wait to get through to the other side, but no one's like, I'll just wait till I'm out the other side. But you don't know. It's good. Maybe, maybe you are out the other side. Maybe you don't know. So, but once you're there, <laughs> you're like, oh, right. It was all happening the whole time. Mm-hmm. You just can't know when you're in it. No, because you're too close to it. <laughs> right. That's the thing. You know, I mean, when all of this was starting to happen, I, I mean, I literally had just said, okay, I said yes to the podcast. And we, so we, it was actually not a podcast at the time. It was an internet radio show. I'm like, okay, well, th- this is kind of fun. This is kind of cool. You know, after the first three episodes where I like <laughs> everything was scripted, I'm like, okay, I can't do this. <laughs> this isn't working, you know. And then finally, when I was like, I just be myself. I don't care. You know, I, you know, before we even came on, I'm like, I don't know where we're going, but we'll go somewhere today. Right. Sure. Um, and it always seems to work. Rarely has it not worked. Um, most of the time it works really well. And then I got the opportunity through a twist of fate to be on the new Ricky Lake show after she launched the second show. And, uh-huh. and suddenly things started happening. And I, Ariana Huffington was really liking my stuff. And the day I got a message from her and said, I really appreciate your, I'm like, oh, this is her assistant writing this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always kind of the <laughs> pessimist. Like, yeah, she's got some assistant sentence. Like, oh, that's really great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And, and then she's like, are you coming to New York anytime soon? And I'm like, well, yeah, well, let me know. I'd love to like get to meet you. I'm like, okay, I think this is really her. And I'm like, <laughs> finally, I said, Am I actually, you know, not to be offensive, but am I actually talking to Ariana right. or is this like one of yours? No, it's me. And then somebody had told me like, no, she pretty much answers. She pretty much answers all her own emails. I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy to me. Um, that is kind of crazy. Not bad crazy, but like, who would expect that? <laughs> right, right. But it's so, and then there were other people like Noah. I can't think of Noah. I think it's Noah, somebody who sort of took over gay voices and everything. And so everything was starting to happen. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm with it. I'm in it. Right. Um, and being present with it is another thing. I think too often we as gay men often like, okay, we can't be here because we're not satisfied. It isn't what we want or when's the bottom going to drop out of it. right? Right. You know, and then we question, question, question. And one of the things I've often maintained when I'm working with anybody in our community, especially gay guys over 40 is, Mm -hmm. Stop thinking the worst. Oh, so hard. <laughs> it is really hard. I'm not, and I'm right there. It's like, okay, I'm never going to get this second book. Nobody's going to ever pick it up. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. 
Trust me, I drink a lot of wine thinking not about that one. Um, <laughs> but I also know the power of, okay, just be with this. You know, right. part of why we don't go forward, and I think you're, you've definitely demonstrated this today, is we start thinking and then we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But the more you keep doing something, the sooner you're getting somewhere that you're trying to get to. You know, at, at least you tried. If right. nothing else, at least you tried. I just, I, I, so many people say to me, oh, I just wanted to write a book. And I'm like, well, why don't you? Well, right. I'm going to go watch Law and Order, a marathon this weekend or whatever. Not necessarily Law and Order. I've right, never right. seen it. But, right. um, but in, and of course, not everyone can write. In fact, most people can't. <laughs> so right. maybe I shouldn't be encouraging people. But it's like, but if you wanted to, to write a book, then at least sit down and, you know, shit something out if you want right. to learn pottery learn some pottery it doesn't have to be good you'll get better the more you do it do something for the love right. of christ to do something it's well so do something funny. yeah that that is the message you know and and that so let's use the book as the example here because I, I agree with you 100 percent. you don't have to write a 50,000 60,000 70,000 word book right you could write a book that's three chapters and call it a book Trust me, lots of entrepreneurs do this. I'm not knocking, I'm not <laughs> knocking my entrepreneur friends. I'm one, but they write a book and it's like, really? That's what you wrote? But it, it's amazing because a lot of times it opens the doors. It opens sure. the doors to them getting customers and everything. And I remember when I was writing book number one, and this is when I was in kind of my creative shit spell where I'm like, I'm not, I can't, it's not going to work. No, 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 Don't have a lot of clients. So I was actually writing the book to not try to get clients. I know that sounds really <laughs> weird. I'm like, well, let's just work on the book. I don't have clients. I have lots of time. Well, then of course I had lots of time. I'm like, I don't really want to work on the book, you know? Mm. So I actually had a book coach. She was in LA and every once in a while I drive to LA because, oh, let's drive and see her because that's, you know, five hours out of my day that I can't get clients now. And then I can sit at home and bitch all week because I don't have any clients. Well, because you fucking went to L.A. and drove for five hours and you could have just <laughs> talked to her on the phone. Right. Right. Uh, so you, you see how my mad mind works. I can, I, we all have these mental weirdnesses. Absolutely. Right? And I get there one day and I, she's like, how's it how's it going? I'm like, because I had been on a really good, like really good writing role with my first book. And I was like, wow, this is like happening, you know? And I, I remember when I hit like 30,000 words, I'm like, holy shit. And it actually was pretty darn good, you know? And then <laughs> I kind of hit the block wall. And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I'm, Why would anybody buy this? Da, 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 you know, there we go. The imposter had stepped into the room. Like I got right. you, bitch. And um, she's like, okay. She goes, let's kind of work through that. And we kept talking. And I'm like, this is why I can't believe I drove five hours for this conversation. Because I'm like, this is going nowhere. (laughs) Well, I didn't drive five hours, folks. Actually, if you had to drive five hours to get into LA, that would be like the worst LA traffic. Two hours is like typical, right? (laughs) Right. So then she says, I want you to do something different. I'm like, okay, I'm open to anything. She goes, this week, I want you to start on book number two. And I wanted to slap her. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) She goes, I want you to start book number two. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the genre is. I want you to just like set this one aside. And what would you go write if you could just go write? I'm like, well, I got some, I got some blog posts to write for Huffington Post. She goes, no, I'm not talking about that. I want you to write, start writing book number two. I got in the car and I was really annoyed. Of course, then I get driving in the car and I got really annoyed because, <laughs> oh, great. I'm going from LA to Riverside. And this is one of those times where it's going to be like, you will be home in three hours. I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. Uh, and as I was sitting in the car, I'm like, okay, so if I was going to write a book, what would it be? It's not going to be self-help book. 
I really want to write a book that like just kind of like comically makes fun of gay men, but not like pisses them off. Right. Right. <laughs> fine so I had three hours to like think in my head and I'm like, I'm one of those like, well, I have to, uh, what's the title? I have to, I have to know what the title is before I can do anything. Right. Well, I get home and I get out of the car and walk in the house and my husband's like, how was your trip? I'm like, it was interesting, but I, I, I have a new book. He's like, you got done. I'm like, no, I'm starting a new book. He's like, really? <laughs> one of those like husband things like, really? I, I've already been going through hell with book number one with you. Right. And he goes, why? And so I suddenly said, well, it's called Condom Flats, where gay men's fantasies go to die. And I thought it's like this, this silly satire thing, right? And um, it was just one of those things where I'm like, I'm so glad she challenged me into that because it immediately lit me up and got me moving forward. And whoever's listening to this, you've been sitting there thinking, I want to do this thing. I want to go, I don't know, learn to ride a bike. I want to learn to salsa dance. I want to start singing. I want to take an art class, do pottery, write a book, write a script. I mean, it it really doesn't take much to write a script. I'm not knocking it. But he said this. (laughs) I mean, start playing with it. Like, just play with it. it, Just Just start. start. Because... (laughs) you will learn so much. I mean, just the starting process, you will either learn like, I think I'm really into this or no, I'm not really into this. This is not what I thought it would be. And, and then you know. But then you know, and you can go <laughs> channel that energy into something else. So right. what's the thing you've enjoyed channeling energy into the most? I mean, there's you've done so many things, but like, is there something that like, besides your book, I know that was probably one thing, but what's the thing like you just really like what, man, if I could just channel my energy on a consistent basis, this would be the sort of stuff I would channel it into. Into the screenplays, into the mm-hmm. screenplays, because I've got lots of ideas and I'm, I'm nine or 10. It reaches the point where you lose count and five are really solid and four are not as solid. <laughs> they need some work and I understand that. And I, it's not like I think all of them are fantastic. Because when right. I say this one's really good, I mean this one's good. You know, I'm not going to say that about all of them. Not all of my children are beautiful, sadly. <laughs> but I'm working. Well, on you it. must be doing something wrong because all of my children are very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Condom Flats is still sitting in my computer as a starting point. It hasn't really gone. But I love the title because I just feel like Condom Flats. There's just something funny about that. You it know? is funny. It's I could totally see funny. like you know like a cactus with that has like condom arms or something with like funky little gun holsters like where. Damon's, you know, dreams go to die. You know, I just, I think it could be so hilarious. I can't think of his name. Some one of the satire gay writers who I just love, but um, I'm glad you shared that those scripts are kind of the thing because I feel like you got to have something that gets you up in the morning. Besides morning wood, you got to get have something <laughs> that really gets you up in the morning. And I have found getting to do the podcasts, being able to coach clients, have these great conversations with amazing guests. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's the sort of stuff that drives me. Not every day is it great. I'm not going to say every day is beautiful. (laughs) And a client's like totally not moving and like, they're just 
playing the victim and I'm just like, okay, well, you could do this with a therapist. No, right. Not right. knocking therapists either, guys. But, um, <laughs> we're not knocking yeah. anyone. <laughs> no, we're not knocking anyone. Let's just I should have said that. we're not knocking anyone, even though I'm gonna <laughs> knock a lot of people throughout. No, I'm just making conversation because we're trying to fill the time here. No, um, but I think it, it's something that's important to have that dialed in for you, whatever that looks like for you. And to keep checking in on that with yourself too. And I think like, once you find what you're doing too, like it, it should be, it's work, but it should be fun. I have fun working on the scripts. I'm also an editor. So like once I shit out the first draft, right. I'm thrilled. Like, all right, now, now the fun part starts. Exactly. The fun-er part, because yes. now I can edit yeah. <laughs> and that's fun. And of course, you know, just as you sit with it, you know, you're at the gym or you're driving or doing whatever the hell you're doing, you get ideas. Yes. Like, oh yeah. And with your phone, you always, you can always, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, pop down the idea. And it just, it's, of course, not everyone's a writer, but it's, it's fun. And I enjoy it doing fun. it. And since this is about gay men over 40, because you were saying earlier, maybe before we start, you started recording, I don't remember about how a lot of gay men seem to reach 40 and be like, oh, you either there's nothing I want to do, or how do I find it? Something like that. Like, I don't know if that's because we almost have like, um, arrested development or something because mm-hmm. we can, we don't get married and have kids in the same way as straight people. Right. So we can have fun. We can have right. our youth until we're, until whenever really, but until like, you know, maybe 40, whereas a lot right. of straight people, uh, you know, end up becoming middle-aged at 19, 22, mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's part of why you found this about gay men 40 plus where they not say they're flailing, but and this is about no one in particular at all. No. But like, I'm way busier than I ever was, mm-hmm. way busier than yep. I ever was. Sometimes I'm running metaphorically so fast, I'm almost falling forward because yep. I've got so much going on. It, it, and I was doing things before 42, don't get me wrong, but, but it, it, I don't know why that would stop anyone. And I'm still right. having fun. I'm still in my childhood or my arrested development. Well, I, but I think that's part of it. So one of the questions I often ask clients when you know we start the work, and not right out the gate, because a lot sometimes I'm helping them come out of the closet and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's always an element of what would make this fun? Like when you were a young guy, and, and that's a tricky one too, because some gay men are like, I don't want to talk about when I was younger. <laughs> that was my <laughs> hell. That was my hell, right? Sure. But there's always something you can tie back to, like, what did you really have fun doing? What's something in your past that you really had fun doing? Because I think we, a good friend of mine just um, published his book, and it's all about how to have fun again. Like, how do we bring fun into everything that we do? And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. Gay men live so much for the fun, 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 Mm -hmm. that then when they can't up that ante on fun, 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 then they don't know how to go do this. And I'm an advocate. I want you to have fun, but maybe it doesn't have to be at the level you've been identified with or think this is the only way to have a good life. You can have fun. I love, okay, so this is where you and I have a weird, interesting connection. I love (laughs) editing my book. It's like, I get to see it again. I'm like, okay, first time through is like brain dump, you know, vomited it all out, right? Right. But then as I go through it, I get to go, bitch, that does not sound right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, I can make it sound better. Yeah, make it sound better. Or you were using your you were using your diva voice for the last three chapters. And then suddenly it's like Mr. Preacher on the podium. Like, what, <laughs> what's up, man? 
but it's it is an interesting thing so um i love that this is part of what inspires you is like just that i want to have that fun i want to make it enjoyable and that's what motivates you forward so so we did promise the man something <laughs> that we have done a really good job harker of not even talking about but we're about <laughs> to wrap up here and speaking of wrapping up sometimes you got to wrap things up you know when you're doing a certain kind of work so that you can like you know make sure everybody's protected so right what, what the fuck did you do in the porn industry? I'm so curious. <laughs> when I left out, I was there for seven years as managing editor. When I left there, I don't, I apparently applied for a job at this porn magazine. I could not, I remember going through my, my spreadsheet of jobs, just like ones I had applied for. I found nothing there. I don't know what happened. Somehow I got an interview at this porn magazine and I was editor in chief of GayVN. Hmm. AVN is adult video network or news. Yep. Even when I was there, I could not remember what the N stood for. <laughs> so, so it's like variety or the Hollywood reporter right. uh -huh. for the porn industry. So it's about the industry. It's not yep. a jack off magazine. And right. so this is the gay offshoot, the gay porn offshoot. So I was editor of this magazine for two years and I don't know, it wasn't, it was fine. It wasn't great. It was work. It right. was a job. It's, it's an industry. And there were lots of parties and everything, but I don't know. It's just like, ugh, I don't know. I got to travel a lot. <laughs> well, it's know, just, I, it's, it is an interesting thing when you're like, I, I've worked with, well, I've done some retreats with a couple of guys out of the porn industry. One of the guys was one of the head guys from Titan. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, you know? And he's like, yeah. And then I went, okay i wasn't hooking up with him i went in his bathroom because we were at a retreat and i used his bathroom because it was the closest one to where we were doing one of the facilitated exercises and i'm sure. like wow he got viagra it was like laying out there right on the counter i'm like really you're like only 30 something and not that i'm not saying that somebody 30s can't have that no, sure. issue right <clears throat> and, yeah it was just a little surprising and so then he and i were doing some stuff while the while the guys were doing their you know doing the work they were mm -hmm. into themselves and we're kind of like okay we, we we got our break to go like decompress a little bit i'm one of these guys that will ask any question i also find a really good way to ask it so i'm like hey i got an interesting question to ask you and it's personal but i'm just curious i said i happened to see that you had viagra laying on your sink there and i wasn't being nosy he goes oh no he goes, I, i'm not ashamed about that i said really? You're kind of young. I said, did something happen? He goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. He's actually going to talk about this, right? Yeah. yeah. And he said, I've been in the porn industry so long and I, I have to watch this shit all day long. He goes, I can't get excited. I become wow. so desensitized to it. Sure. And I thought that was a really interesting thing, you know, to see, you know, wow. you can be around all this stuff and all that, but um, thank you for sharing that. So guys kind of knew. But so. in the end, it's, it's just work. It is just I was, never, I was never that into porn anyway, in the sense mm -hmm. that it always seemed seemed like why is there a story? Why is there a script? And then right. it's like, why don't these people because like what that's no one's here for that. Like, right. why, why do they not even seem into it? That guy's right. not even hard. Like right. clearly they're there to work, which is fair, right. but like it, it always seemed kind of antiseptic to me. So mm -hmm. I get it, but I also never really got it. And yeah. so they thought that that would be a plus for me that I wasn't like super invested in like a certain um, um, studio or something. And I was like, right. I don't really care. And, <laughs> but I mean, obviously I like sex, don't get me wrong. But to me, it was like, and this is when things were really starting to change with streaming 
Mm-hmm. And they were like digging in their heels about DVDs and shit and Blu-rays. And I was just like, this is not not gonna future. last. Not gonna the last. Future is amateur. Yeah. And yeah. these people, they want to be fucking. Mm-hmm. It's hotter mm-hmm. because yep. they want to be there. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't really say that quite that firmly to people because I had to like stride the the right. middle line or whatever because I was the editor of the magazine. Yeah. But I didn't have any preference for any of the studios, but I was like kind of like, guys dvds are done right yep you yep. need to evolve and they're they were really because they were a lot of them were older so they had been through the aids crisis they yes. um were really adamant about re- using condoms and i'm like mm-hmm. that is not the future that yep. is not the future and you need to understand that i get where you you're need, coming from you need to, yes we get it but you need to Go and grow with the future. Right. <laughs> Unintended. Right. There, and but. only use, you know, performers mm-hmm. who are comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, don't push anyone into anything, obviously. But right. um, yeah, anyway, so it was it was fine, but not the rollicking <laughs> rambunctious right. thing one might expect. But it was right. fine. I got to travel, I got to meet some people and Cool. Got a lot of free porn. And, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> then I went go. to Disney Publishing. <laughs> yeah, then you went to Disney Publishing. So well. I just love that you have shared so much of yourself and the journey and like just the, I think the overriding, just keep doing something, you know, you, you don't have to stop here. And, and I'm such a age is just a number thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, so I'm going to be 60 in a few months. I'm like, yeah, so that's what it is. Right. So here we, we are. We, I'm still making the rest of it. I right, just got exactly. my first poem published. Oh, that's right. UK literary journal. and. I, I was like, I don't know, a year ago, I was like, I could write some poems. Let's see. Not like, whatever, it's easy. I'm like, like, I worked on it, you yeah. know, and I started submitting them. And it's my first poem that's been published since I was 13. And that's because wow. I was a child, you know. And <laughs> so you can obviously just try new things. Yep, exactly. Just keep just try just new just things. Do something. <laughs> do something and try new things. So. Well, Harker, thank you again for being here and um, sharing yourself. Again, the shout out the name of your book. My book is called Until September. It's best to look up my name because Until September is the perfect title. But the yes. words themselves are common enough that it might not come up at the top of the list. But right. if you look up Parker Jones, H-A-R-K-E-R, I, I'm the You'll first Google Awesome. I'm <laughs> all of it. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, thanks so much, man. Guys, I hope you picked up something from this. Keep doing. Go have some fun. Don't stop. There's plenty of stuff out there in life to move turn yourself off forward. The TV. And turn off the TVs. Yes. Do exactly. something. There's so much to do. <laughs> right. Read a book for God's sake. Read, uh, read, you know, Harker's book for God's sake. There you go. So <laughs> write to me. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, well, Harker again, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you being here and guys go out and have a really super great week. And we'll catch you again on another episode of 40 plus in well, just seven, six days from now. So thanks again, Harker. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.